Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Good morning, Tam Tam. What has happened today? What is today? Oh it is my back God. to what? Back to home. <gasps> Homeschool. I mean, it how- is really sucky. <laughs> I was literally like, you and I were on the phone until like 11 p.m. last yes. night trying to figure out the system. I'm like, <laughs> why do I have one username and it's the only thing that doesn't work? <laughs> it's just unfair. Like, I'm already a doctor. I'm a chauffeur. I'm, you know, a, a, maid. a counselor. A yes. maid. And now I'm a freaking teacher. And I that, I did not sign up for that. I, that's not what no. I signed up for. That's not like, it's not on my, on my resume. Like, I'm not a good teacher. I don't have a lot of patience. Oh, come you on, Tam, man. You are a great teacher. I have patience with you, but not with <laughs> anyone else. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's definitely, I thought we might be in a different place at this, at leaving the end of last year, going into the fall. I thought we maybe might have been in a different place, but- Joe. We're still back in the shit. So back in quarantine. Well, we have a little bit of um, excitement, at least in my life today, because this guest and I'll let you introduce her, but I'll tell you a mini little story. Every time I would go to New York, my mom used to give me like a little New York spending budget. I don't know if I even told you this. I think think I still had a spending budget till I was like 32, by the way. (laughs) She was like, here's a thousand dollars or like one and a half thousand dollars. I'll put it into your little account. I uh, I made money, my own money by 30, of course. But she's like, that's just your little spending budget. I don't know why she sounds like that. But she's like, that's just your little shopping budget. And every single time, I'm not lying, not making this up because she's on the show every time at least well for the last four times i went to new york i spent all my money in her store (laughs) and that's why when she's here i was like this is i (sighs) i have manifested her into reality by spending all my mom's money see and and all that shopping went for something you know i mean it's i mean this woman I love it. She is also one of my favorite fashion designers and I followed her career closely. She's sort of the perfect mix between feminine and sporty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like when you put on one of her dresses, you feel like it gives you that feeling of like, I can own this. Like, I feel like powerful in her clothes. I only have 233 (laughs) in my closet from all of New York. (laughs) See, so it's it's such a treat to have Cynthia Rowley here today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my gosh what a what a what an intro <laughs> thank you to your mom she keeps keeps your budget coming i know right i know you got to keep up with all the cynthia rowley clothing <laughs> so nice thank you well we are so excited to have you here today and there's so much to talk about with you you've lived such an amazing life and let's start at the beginning like when you were seven years old you actually designed your first dress not only that but you're from a very artistically inclined Mm -hmm. family and for me i have a six-year-old she's very into fashion very into style so i'm kind of keeping my eye out for her maybe she's going to be the next like fashion designer you know (laughs) extraordinaire but what i would love to know is what was it about fashion that got you hooked so young well okay first of all i have to say it wasn't really fashion in quotes it was really just i just liked making things i was sewing my mom taught me how to sew i had no idea that it was a career i had no idea about fashion i grew up in a really small town in illinois so it was as about as far from any kind of like true fashion you know as far from riding around in limos with supermodels you know as you could get and i but i liked you know i think my mom started me sewing just to kind of keep me out of trouble, I think. And um, 
I just, the, the idea of the creative process and that feeling of being, um, being able to have an idea and then, you know, put it together and, and sew something and make something yourself. It's just, you know, it's like, I think you get it when you cook. I think you get it if you write. I think you get it if you paint. You know, it's all of that, those things. That's that feeling of um, satisfaction to have an idea and then and make it a reality. So um, that was really more how I started. The glamorous red carpet life came later, <laughs> unexpectedly. <laughs> Was it a slow burn or was, was there like a moment that changed everything for you Mm -hmm. or was it just one step led to the next step? And then that's where you are now. What did you have that aha moment? Like I want, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I mean, I think it was, it was definitely pretty organic Mm -hmm. and a lot of serendipity and a lot of naivete. And, you know, I started making clothes and I, ran into someone that asked me about something I was wearing and she turned out to be a buyer for a store and she bought the collection and, you know, that was my first sale. And, um, and then little by little, then I thought, Oh, I should move to New York because Mm -hmm. that's where all fashion designers are. So I packed a U-Haul and drove to New York. (laughs) just like that. Knew nothing, literally knew nothing. Like people would say, you know, there's factories that, will sew that stuff for you. You don't Mm -hmm. have to sew every piece or every order yourself. And I was like, whoa, you know, so that was, you know, it's a very millions of aha moments Mm -hmm. like that, where it was like, you know, I, I, I feel like I always had very short term, very, uh, you know, um, what's the word modest goals you know Mm -hmm. I feel like I it was never you know like I want to have a global empire Mm -hmm. you know what I mean because it'll just never you know it's so it's so stifling so I you know I always had small attainable short-term goals that that's our problem roxy, roxy yeah, that's huge we're like let's why, take over the world isn't this the number one podcast on, on apple like why are we making number one shows you know you know you mentioned i i think this is this is a good lesson for us tamman because mm-hmm. we need these like short-term girl goals but you know for you cynthia those short-term girl goals really added up and you eventually got to a place where people were really, really noticing you. And when was that moment for you where you just said, oh, wow, I've made it. Like, this is this is the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm still waiting for that. I don't know. I think it's not good to have that feeling. I don't think it's healthy to really say like, OK, I've done it. You know, I think you always have to be striving and working hard. And, you know, that's why I'm in my studio right now. And, you know, it's just, I think you can never rest on your laurels. I think you mm-hmm. always have to be reinventing yourself and reimagining what you do and evolving and changing with the industry or changing ahead of the industry. And, you know, and also having a completely open mind to like new cat, new product categories and, and, you know, what are people what is your audience? Mm-hmm. What do they, what do they want from you? Mm-hmm. You know, that like just listening to your audience and, and not being afraid to take chances, of course. And, you know, um, I've done a lot of kind of things that people I'm sure were scratching their heads. Like, mm-hmm. band dates. <laughs> <roll today. laughs> Garden hoses, <laughs> you know. There's been a lot of st- even wetsuits, you know, which is basically like half of my, you know. Mm-hmm. The- I have three of them. <laughs> I'm not even. I'm not even lying. I could go to my closet right now and bring some out because when I had a baby, um, I don't know if this happened to you, but my mm-hmm. stomach never 
fully recovered. I had two 10 pound children. Um, so the bottom of my stomach is a place that I don't feel super confident. So you would have suits that were able to like, they were high waisted. So Mm -hmm. I was able to like hide that part, you know? And I think that that's what I loved about shopping at your store because Mm -hmm. I felt like it was truly being designed as quirky as some of the stuff was, it was truly being designed for the woman in mind, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was intentional the way you did high waisted, but, but there's so many women that, you know, gravitate towards those types of uh, suits because they don't feel, they feel insecure in their own bodies. But that's what I loved about your, your, um, your collections. Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The wetsuits, I feel like it makes you feel like a superhero. Right. Yeah, it does. (laughs) It it holds everything in at exactly the right places. (laughs) From your wrist, my basically when I take it off, it looks like I have a white wetsuit on because I just wear it all the time. But uh, yeah, it's, it makes you feel confident and mm-hmm. still cool and sexy. So yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's kind of the goal with everything. Yeah. So Cynthia, was there like a moment that you saw somebody wearing your clothes that you said, "Wow!" Like. You know, so and so is wearing my clothes. This is like a real moment, or like maybe seeing it on the runway mm-hmm. or in a magazine. Was there like some moment that was really just captivating for you as far as, you know, what you were doing? Okay, well, I'll tell you one funny. This is sort of funny. The very first, I mean, like, I might have still been in school at the Art Institute at the time mm-hmm. in Chicago. The only magazine that's based in Chicago, and I should have known this a stylist borrowed some stuff and a few months later she said oh your editorial is out and she comes over to my house to show me and goes like it's a playboy centerfold (laughs) (laughs) exactly your intention (laughs) like share with my parents or (laughs) around town bring it to school Uh, no but so I mean, and then since then, oh my gosh, yeah, I've been very lucky with lots of, mm-hmm. lots and lots of exciting things. I think um, maybe most recently, uh, the last couple of years, I was the, made the first burkini for Helena. Oh, Aiden that's right. The, that's um, really great. Sports Illustrated Swimsuit edition. I adore her. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. She's a beautiful, beautiful inside and out. She's such an aura. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, you know, and Gigi Hadid on the cover of Elle and, you know, like things like that. That's all good. That's Mm -hmm. all exciting. We've all been doing our part to keep our communities healthy and safe, including shopping from home. Greats has been sending shoes straight to your door since 2014. Skip the store, but still find the perfect pair. Amazing. Greats is Brooklyn's first sneaker brand and is known for making the most accessibly priced Italian-made sneakers in the world. They make premium quality classics for men and women that play nice with everything in your wardrobe. And these aren't one-season shoes. They're trend-proof, built to last, and over time will become trusted and well-loved friends. I definitely love mine, Roxy, but you see, that's only half the story. Great sources the best materials and works with responsible factories that maintain the highest environmental and labor standards to craft premium quality footwear in an ethical way. Visit greats.com to learn more. That's G-R-E-A-T-S dot com. Well, life hasn't always been easy for you. Um, You lost your husband, like in your personal life, you lost your husband at 32 uh, of brain cancer. That period of time must have been so hard for you to navigate. How were you able Mm. to move on and continue after something so heartbreaking? I mean, you know, I, uh, I never expected, I never had a lot of expectations when I came to New York. I, I said to myself, if I can just do this, if I can make it for six months, 
Mm-hmm. I will be happy that, and I can at least say I did it. And I was lucky enough to be able to, you know, have some traction, start to build a business, fall in love. Um, and, you know, when something like that happens, you know, there's kind of two things you can do. And one is just, you know, disappear into, you know, darkness or, you know, it can, in a, in a lot of ways, make you stronger. And um, mm-hmm. that was when I decided that I was going to live my life for both of us and say yes to every opportunity that I could because he never had the chance to. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I became like really, uh, you know, sort of a pathological optimist because I had this opportunity to live life and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and make things and make people happy and, and put things out into the world. And, and so, um, that's why I I think that sort of propelled me Mm -hmm. through a lot of other tough times. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been through September 11th and the 2008 stock market crash and now a pandemic and, you know, being able to maintain a certain amount of gratefulness and um, optimism, I think, Mm -hmm. is what has really served me well. Mm -hmm. And I guess comes across in in the the clothes and the work that mm-hmm. we make and um uh yeah that's I guess that's it. Like, <laughs> talk about that. <laughs> well, the, the silver, the silver lining, the silver lining of that story is you were able to find love again, you know, and mm-hmm. you were able to fall in love with it, love again. But was it hard after such a big loss, or were you were you scared to be heartbroken again? Like, mm-hmm. how did that sort of unfold? Um, I think. You know, he, my late husband said, I want you to go, I want you to go on in life. I want you to fall in love. I want you to have a family. I know you want to have a family. And he really made me promise him that I was going to do that. Mm. And, um, I didn't think it was possible. I didn't think I would ever find mm-hmm. love again. And I mm-hmm. didn't, you know, I was pretty broken and, you know, I went, I went a little crazy at first where I was out all the time. Cause you want to forget, you know, and I went crazy and then I went into a deep, dark hole and, um, Nobody wanted to be with me that, you know, nobody wanted to be around me either. And, but I, I, I guess at some point I think I was lucky to have work, my work Mm -hmm. keep me really, uh, energized with, you know, new projects and, you know, the unrelenting fashion calendar and fashion the pace of the fashion business and it was I feel like it was even well I guess it wasn't crazier it was the same but it was probably harder for me because I was newer at it Mm -hmm. um and so I had to dive deep into that and I think that that helped get me through also Mm -hmm. are you a spiritual person you know I've I've never had someone that close other than an animal pass away knock on wood and Roxy and I talk about this all Mm -hmm. the time we go to bed you know at night and we are afraid of dying and we're afraid Mm -hmm. of death Mm -hmm. I'm more of the unknown more than well for me I don't want to put words into Roxy's mouth um and so I would imagine that if 
someone close to me passed away and they're not here anymore. It really does open those questions. Like, what is the meaning of life? Like where, I know this is like such a deep interview. You're like, what is <laughs> um, like, what is the meaning of life? Like, where are we? Like, what is this? Like, where do you go? Like, wait, did it open up that whole Pandora's box for you? Yeah. Were you questioning everything? Or is the finality of life sort of, it gave you more peace because, mm -hmm. you know, that was it. I don't know. I, I just, I've never had someone close to me that close pass away and I know it's going to happen. And I'm just wondering where I'm going to be when that does. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfathomable. And mm -hmm. I'm lucky enough to have both my parents and, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm lucky that that's the only person, you know, that, that, mm -hmm. that's, that I've lost. Um, I think, um, like I, I, I think it's a mix. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a balance of, uh, I kind of feel, um, I kind of feel, I guess I, I mean, I, I have a real, uh, kind of daredevil side to me mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I think it comes from feeling like <laughs> that's the worst thing that'll happen is that mm -hmm. I might, I don't know. I, it's, it sounds terrible saying that. And I guess, you know, when you have kids, for sure, when you have mm -hmm. kids. Um, well, people told me, like, you're not going to want to ride your motorcycle. You're not going to want to do this. And for sure, I want to do all of that still. <laughs> they do it with me. But um, <laughs> I, I think when you have kids, like, you do have a responsibility to mm -hmm. um, be there for them. But I also have this sort of abandon with, um, things that, you know, if, if someone says, do you want to try this? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's go. Let's do it. You know, nothing stupid. Mm -hmm. I don't think, but actually on, on like, like what? Tell us all the reckless things you've done. <laughs> I won't even like drink a soda. I don't like, so you're, you're way more reckless than I am. <laughs> I was surfing in front of my house and mm -hmm. my beach house. And, um, my friend is like ocean conservancy and does, you know, ha always is studying and has drones and everything out over the ocean, right? Where we surf, where, where we, we both live next door to each other. And he's like, Oh my God, Cynthia, there were so many sharks out there today. There was even a great white. And I was like, oh did you think you could tell me, did you want to tell me that since I, you saw me in the water surfing, dude, come out and flail your arms or something. But it's after I get out, he's like, Oh, there's so many sharks. Thank goodness. But I, I kind of want that. You're like my spirit animal. Like I know that, you know, like I want to be able to just, that's like living life to the fullest, right? When you don't have things like that holding you back. I think it is really important to, you know, I mean, like everyone says, be really present and be mm -hmm. really in the moment. And each day mm -hmm. is, is, you know, live each day and, and live each moment and be grateful. And, um, you know, don't, don't think like, Oh, you know, the, I mean, the thing, the thing that the pandemic has really made, I'm sure everyone realize is that mm -hmm. the idea of FOMO is mm -hmm. you can't, it's not healthy, you know, mm -hmm. it's, healthy. And so I think it's being in quarantine and being in lockdown for as long as we have been, it really does make you sort of feel every moment of every day. And that's mm -hmm. a good thing. Mm -hmm. Do we shrink ourselves for our kids? Do you think? Mm. Do you think we become lesser than when we have children? 
that we change that a part of our soul a part of our soul i think is opened but it also dies oh no i don't think so now i have mm. two buddies to go do stuff Roxy and i are like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> we feel that way because we're doing homeschool <laughs> we're like, my soul is dead on the homeschool floor <laughs> please keep going my two homeschoolers are old enough to be responsible for their own homework but um no i think you have to no you can't no that yeah. is not that's not a good thing but by you not going motorcycling let's say and it's something you love and it's because of your children because if you you love them you get so much but you do give up some things so like just say you don't go motorcycling anymore because it is so dangerous and you do have to think about their lives you've given up a little bit of your spark then haven't you i don't think so and in no. fact they spark me like okay last night my they were both videoing me watching the new cardi b yeah. <laughs> did you do the web dance yeah. <laughs> this is amazing oh my god now would i have like eventually i would have seen it but like would i have seen it now this soon i don't know i think i think that there i get i learned so much and i um they get bring so much to the table for me mm -hmm. and what did you think of the new cardi b video <laughs> <laughs> and the lyrics it, yes <laughs> yes <laughs> what isn't it amazing oh epic it's so visual well i saw the cleaner i mean i saw both but <laughs> the cleaner which is not all cleaner version but um no i thought it was amazing epic so mm -hmm. visually exciting and oh you know all that color and all oh i loved it i loved it and it's amazing for women i think that mm -hmm. you know we're talking about this stuff and we're talking openly about it a lot yeah. of sexual um commentary in that and you know for a woman a while back it wouldn't have been acceptable so like women are being able to now own their sexuality it's been number one for i can't even tell you how long like nine billion i don't even know how many streams i'm talking out of term but it's like the number one album on billboard for the longest period of time and i think it's really empowering for women and i think it's really cool mm -hmm. yeah I love, I think it's amazing and it's, and it's, um, it's, uh, uh, inclusive and it's just, it's like definitely, I thought it, I think it's revolutionary. I think mm -hmm. it's so good. It is. Well, switching gears a little bit, inclusivity and exclusivity, both, um, you know, coming up in the fashion world could not have been easy all the time. You know, I'm sure there's definite ups and downs. Um, was there ever, did you experience any of that sort of competitive sort of, you know, kind of ugliness that can be a part of the world? And if so, how did you deal with that? I mean, I think it was worse. Like mm -hmm. it was worse. I think, I mean, I always have been the underdog. I can't, you mm -hmm. know, coming from an art school in Illinois is not, you know, Parsons, FIT, St. Martin. It's mm -hmm. really, you know, I never was part of that, you know, the click like that. And, mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I have a CFDA award and a bunch mm -hmm. of other things like that, but um, I still don't feel totally confident walking into, you know, uh, a CFDA awards night mm. or carpet or whatever, you know, it's like, it's just, it's all a little bit scary, but I guess that's part of what makes fashion exciting you know mm -hmm. i think that it's not it's not intimidating anymore it mm -hmm. was intimidating for me mm -hmm. and um you know fashion can be a little flavor of the month too mm -hmm. and then at a certain point i guess you just have to say fuck it you know and you're, <laughs> you know hey you know, guess what you know mm -hmm. 
I have a amazing, strong, profitable business and, you know, have evolved and been around mm-hmm. a long time. So, you know, say what you want. Yeah. <laughs> People are nice. People are nice now. I think, mm-hmm. I think it, but it, 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 I think it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, any creative industry is hard mm-hmm. to navigate and so we have to do so much soul searching mm-hmm. day to, mm-hmm. uh, constantly be creating, you know, to come up with stuff all the time and stay relevant and be, you know, coming like new, new ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not easy. Um, but I think now I forgot what I was going to say. Um, that the industry. I forget every day what I'm going to say because <laughs> that's what happens when you have children. <laughs> Baby brain. And when I'm watching like the, the DHL guy trying to. Go- <laughs> <laughs> I love like, my no. DHL guy. I'm like, more packages from Amazon. <laughs> so I'm, they're like picking up stuff. So I'm like, don't go in. You can send stuff to my place anytime. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Just divert I'm to our houses. I'm a for collection. Okay. <laughs> so you started a podcast with your daughter, Kim, mm-hmm. um, and it's called Ageless. What was the genesis of the podcast? How was the idea born? I mean, I think there's, you know, there's so many platforms now that you can tell your story mm-hmm. and, you know, using all, you know, social media and our in and our site and you know there's so many like events and um there's so many ways to tell a story Mm -hmm. and podcasting was not maybe not my first uh i didn't think that i i mean i still i don't think i'm very good at it kids very good at it and we listen to a lot of pods so that's how i know that (laughs) you're selling yourself too short yeah it's true it's true it's It's really hard i don't know how it's really hard but it's really fun because under the umbrella of ageless you know you can kind of talk about anything in a way Mm -hmm. Um, and it started it started i guess because we i was thinking like oh it's so great on instagram that you it's never like you read any rag mag and they're always like Cynthia Raleigh age, blah, blah, blah. Notice I didn't say, but, um, then on, on Instagram, it's all just visual and it's all beautiful and everybody's just putting things out there. And it, there, it, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's Mm -hmm. ageless. And I was saying like, I don't feel my age. And Kit was like, well, I, I don't feel my age Mm because she's always been, like an old soul, you know? Mm. And, um, so we just started talking about what is, what does that mean to be ageless and how great it is to like, my mom is 80 something and she has a real sort of childlike, uh, joy in her Mm. life, like a spark in every day and has a real sense of humor and, um, she doesn't do as crazy stuff like me, but she's <laughs> not like up for any, not, not anything, but, um, but I think that's great, you know, at any age. And so that's mm-hmm. pretty, that's what we talk about. That sounds, it sounds like you guys have a great dynamic. Um, what is it like working so close with your daughter and has she ever said anything to embarrass you or said anything surprising <laughs> on the podcast? You want to kill her? Yeah. Like Roxana do? Yeah. You right. kill her? <laughs> she, she's very level-headed, so she doesn't really, she doesn't really. No, I have to say that I, I embarrass them. I think actually both of my girls, I'm sure <laughs> I embarrass them a lot and my husband embarrasses them too, but, um, no, she, she's, it's not, it's not really that bad, but, um, we, we do the podcast, but we don't, you know, we cook together, mm-hmm. but we don't really like spend 
our days together. But we do, we have a lot of, you know, family activities. We all surf, which is super fun Mm -hmm. and plays tennis and do stuff, activities. We love Mm -hmm. to travel when, when we Mm -hmm. could travel. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, but other than that, like, I think it's, maybe not the best idea to really mix like real work mm-hmm. with family members. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I worked on two movies with my husband and I can't believe he survived. <laughs> <laughs> and he said to me the other day, I was like, why are you talking to me like this while we're working? He goes, because it's you. I'm allowed to. <laughs> no, 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 you're not allowed to. You should be speaking to me much nicer than other people because I have your children. Like you should be very kind to me. But you don't. You have a shorthand, and then when you're on set or working, however, in whatever way, you just feel like people aren't there. So you feel like you can just say talk yeah. to each other the way you would at home. Like no formalities. Okay. Like no, no formalities, formalities. You know. Yeah. It's true. Well, how do you feel about aging, especially in the, yeah. in the fashion world? How do you feel about it? Deny, defy, and <laughs> there's a there's a saying like I guess it's Midwest deny, defy, and sugarcoat, mm-hmm. and you know it makes everything go away magically. But um, yeah, aging in the fashion industry. I mean, I you know you are what you are. You have to mm-hmm. stick to yourself. You have to be authentic to your, you know, I'm, I, what I'm creating, but then basically I'm by far the oldest person in this studio right now. Like, <laughs> you're like telling us like it's a secret. <laughs> She's, like, She's like, shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> well, you certainly don't look it. That's for oh, sure. You look amazing. Yeah. 15 year olds that were 16 year olds, two 16 year olds. No, but everyone's like 20s, 30s, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that that brings like a lot of great energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm by no means the, you know, sole uh, voice of this brand at all. And, you know, there's things that I, that I see and want to do, but I, I mean, I go to, you know, I, I see a lot of art and I to hang out with a lot of cool people. And mm-hmm. so I think all those things really help you stay relevant. And um, so I think aging in the, you know, in a lot of ways is, is good because mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. And what matters. Mm-hmm. Roxy, I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you feel like since you became a mom and as you're getting older, though, you seem you feel more invisible. Do you feel like that starts to happen the older you get? I was going to ask you this like a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. I, open, open for everyone. But mm-hmm. I feel like my mom talks about it a lot. She mm-hmm. says that the older she gets, she feels like people don't see her as much. You know, they don't they don't put as much attention on her. And I feel like ever since I had a kid, it starts to happen with mothers as well. Mm. I don't know. What what are people's opinions on that? You know, I definitely, I would definitely agree with you, uh, like twofold for me, you know, becoming a mom, but also um, each year that passes, I was actually, you know what, I was talking to another friend about this actually. And she had mentioned also the same. She said, once you hit like, you know, big, big age markers, like 40 and Mm -hmm. 50, Mm -hmm. that it's a little bit less and less, especially as it relates to men. Right. Men looking at you, right? Right. Forget it. Like, I I mean, you just have to decide, like, okay, I don't care about that. Right. But women will, like, will look at you and say, oh, I love that dress or I love that whatever Mm -hmm. you're wearing and whatever. And I think you have to try to get the same sort of uh, feeling from that as you do from a guy hitting on you or something. <laughs> right, right. Do we still want that? Like, do women still like to feel wanted by men? Even when you have a, like, to, to be desired, do women still always want to feel desired? And when you don't have that, you feel lesser than, or does that stop? 
I mean, I feel like I still, I, I mean, I don't need to go into a room and have every man turn around and look at me, mm-hmm. but it is kind of flattering. I have to say if a guy, you know, a little, like an extra right. little, you know, attention right. or like flirtation like that, that doesn't hurt. But I think for me now, when I go into like a social setting, especially with my fashion, the way I dress, I dress for women. I dress for right. my girlfriends, you know? Absolutely. Like, I don't need to have, like, my boobs hanging out, my butt hanging out for, like, for a man's attention. Like, now mm-hmm. I'm, like, I, the compliment to me is so much more if it's, like, a girlfriend or another woman giving me the compliment saying, oh, gosh, you know, I love that dress you're wearing. It's, you know, it's great versus, like, because they're looking at it with a different lens, you know? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, Cynthia? Yeah, I think there's two things. One, when I see people on the street or at an event or a party, whatever, mm-hmm. I always compliment them on their clothes. If it, mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's clearly they've made an effort, whether it's my taste or style or mm-hmm. not, I think it's the nicest thing that you can do is give someone a compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think, I think the other, I think, I feel better. I feel more. I would rather go into a room and have be able to make a guy laugh mm-hmm. the time than have him think I'm hot. Yes, right. That's both be nice, but you know, <laughs> that's very nice. I love that. <laughs> the evolution. I think that's happened. That I'm like, okay, I get it. You know. I'm not 20 something and whatever, but if I can go in and I'll basically talk to anyone and pretty much we can always have a good time. And if you make them laugh and you can, you know, I think that 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 feels as satisfying, I guess. Mm -hmm. But you see men in their fifties or sixties or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I, I find like men get so sexy, the older they get, I just, I'm all about it. You know, my Mm -hmm. husband's 12 years older than me. Uh, we've been together 15 years. When I met him, he was a lot older for the age that I was. And I've always been really, attra- I don't have daddy issues. I've just been always attracted to older men. Um, but I do think there's such a double standard when it comes mm. to aging with men and women, because, you know, I think women do get pushed out and men get more viable in a way. Mm. So I hope the conversation is changing. I hope that by using older models and by having magazines with a lot of inclusivity of all different mm-hmm. shapes and sizes and age and, you know, ethnicities, I, I hope that when our children grow up, it's not just about, you know, being attractive when you're younger. It, it kind of continues no matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. I hope that starts to change, just, you know, especially for my, for our daughter's generation. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the idea of ageless is that, you know, we, I've, I used a model, I've used models in shows that are almost in her 70s, mm-hmm. one was in her 60s, and, and a fall runway show mixed in with girls who are 16, you know, or 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just don't think there should be any boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, to beauty. And we, we used one... A couple seasons ago, we uh, had roller skaters, professional mm-hmm. skaters. <laughs> wow. Video, that's look on YouTube or whatever. Um, and we had all, we, the most important thing was that we find beautiful women of any age, of any ethnicity, um, but they have to be real athletes, mm-hmm. you know, have to be really sick skaters and we found the most beautiful women and there was a woman that was in her 70s again and you know just like all different sizes shapes and um it was really it was really inspiring for me that's really cool so like especially with what's going on in the world now you know the fashion world has taken notice and you know made these changes and that's great that it's you know become much more inclusive um even in the last few years that we've seen but then also like we got hit again with like the pandemic and covid and all this stuff 
So for you, how have you had to pivot your business? And were you scared that, you know, Mm -hmm. like everything was going to hell and like the world, you know, we're not, especially the fashion world was not going to be able to rebound. And what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, okay. After my panic, um, on March 13th through, I would say around March 23rd, I think it was about (laughs) 10 days of sheer panic. Mm -hmm. All right, Cynthia, get your shit together and like, get, make this work. And, uh, we had moved to almost not exclusively DTC, but DTC with dropship and affiliate relationships. And then, you know, we have our own brick and mortar stores, but we had moved away from a lot of like true wholesale. Mm -hmm. And so we were already, you know, had this, you know, this business that I didn't know which way it was going to go. Honestly, I really didn't know. And Mm -hmm. I, uh, we, we just acted as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. and stopped production on anything that was too dressy. Mm -hmm. We moved to um, almost exclusively washable things because the dry cleaners Mm -hmm. were all closed. Mm -hmm. We did only planned out a a three months, three month window. Our supply chains were intact. Our warehouses, we moved from uh, East coast to, Atlanta because that was better than Atlanta got bad. So then we moved back, you know, and we were using multiple warehouses and it just was, um, you know, a lot of moving parts and a lot of really fast, like, uh, thinking, you know, and, and just like, uh, what are we going to, you know, what are we going to do? And, mm-hmm. and we did it. And, um, we knock wood have had like the three months, best months for in our e- on our e-com site ever in the history that's incredible but you know we just like we started making some tabletop like you know napkins and we're starting to make soap and candles and like mm-hmm. moving like keeping our core but like doing more t-shirts sweatshirts t-shirt dresses like things that are not you know more relevant i think mm-hmm. and just just trying to um you know we didn't i was like we can't make we can't sell masks we have to give them away mm-hmm. and after about a month we were giving away so many masks i was like this is crazy we're you know, you know we're gonna go broke from mm-hmm. giving masks. <laughs> we're selling them and so now and now we've been selling them and it's just you know really uh, reacting and being as nimble as possible. You really know what you're made of when, you know, there's crisis and you see how you come out of it. You know, not everyone does. Um, we're recording in a studio, right? Cause I, was right. So- <laughs> I know we knew nothing about zoom and Zencaster and we're just like, how the F do we make this work? Um, it was a disaster for, I mean, it wasn't uh-huh. a disaster, but you, you know, it wasn't easy, but you try to yep. pivot and it's actually been, like you said, with your business, it's actually been really great for us because a lot of people are at home. So, I mean, obviously the pandemic's not great for everyone, um, but you're at home. So there are people you can talk to that you wouldn't ordinarily get to. Mm-hmm. Um, and also we can speak to anyone anywhere in the world now, which mm-hmm. we didn't have the opportunity to do when we were in a studio. So you got to look at all the positive and silver linings that you get. And, you know, you can shift your focus either way. I feel like anything is true. It's either terrible for your business or great Mm -hmm. for you. It just depends on how you look at it. So I think it's more, it'd be work becomes more integrated into your life now Mm -hmm. where, Mm -hmm. or at least for me, it was like, uh, I would go to work and I would be like a maniac. And then I would leave work, go home and like, turn off the switch like drool coming out of my mouth almost like what job i don't have a job like i would have like crazy in the day like and then at night you know i would just like have to turn it off and now it's like a much more balanced Mm -hmm. um 
existence. I don't know. I mean, I'm still at work right now, but like I'm trying to, I, I think there, because every, so, much, so much of what we're doing now is remote, mm-hmm. that it actually is giving much more time to all kinds of other endeavors, you know, mm-hmm. and other more creative time or more family time or more, um, you know, fitness and wellness. Right. And- well, that's not for us. Right. Oh my gosh. I know we really, like you're saying, we had to pivot and the fashion business is, um, you know, affected by all of this COVID. Sadly, Mm -hmm. we're not having New York Fashion Week this, this month coming up, which is always a bummer because that's one of my favorite events to to cover. You know, I'm always so excited. I always tell Tam, it's New York Fashion Week. And I always go to your show, Cynthia, which I absolutely love. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe we'll work you in, huh? <laughs> what is this New York like right now? Is it a ghost town? Yeah. Do you, it, do, you- do you think it will recover? Okay. I I am not just saying this, but this is such to me it feel it it was bad. It was terrible, you know. Mm-hmm. I I think and it's still there are so many really sad things going on mm-hmm. but in a real new york strong moment mm-hmm. all these restaurants that were basically like completely shuttered and would have been out of business now the city has given given um uh parking spaces on the street oh wow mm-hmm. You have to see. You have to see it. Wow! They're they're, they've cordoned off like huge sections of every single block in the city for restaurants to have outdoor tables, and it's packed. And it feels like it feels like that. Like if you're in Italy and Europe, yeah. Table where they're you know you're you're driving your car and all of a sudden you're about to hit a family of four eating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a little dangerous, but um, no, but there, it's everywhere and and it feels really uh, like all all like the city came together. Does it feel like, does it feel like, because I know you mentioned this, Cynthia, you said you, after 9-11, you know, you lived in the city and you were there. I too was there. I lived in New York. I lived downtown during 9-11, you know, watched the buildings collapse. And I do remember right after that, there was such a strong sense of community in New York, Mm -hmm. people really coming together, helping one another. You could, you could feel it in the air. I mean, you felt that. Are you feeling that there now in New York? Is it that same sort of a community? coming together feeling mm-hmm. yeah, I really think I truly think it is mm-hmm. I mean I think the city was on the verge of collapse but you know we had to be we were on complete shelter in place lockdown mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was scary and nobody was on the streets like you know you could drive your car down Broadway and not see another car. It it was scary. And then I think when phase one opened up in June, I think people really felt like, okay, it's up to us now Mm -hmm. to create jobs and create this community and create a sense of joy Mm -hmm. um, in being able to go get out of the house really Mm -hmm. Um, and and have uh a safe and um you know i think i i mean i i think every restaurant is very careful so Mm -hmm. but to be able to have a safe meal and with your family or with a friend and i think it's really it's really special feels really special Mm-hmm. Well, Cynthia, we have you for another like eight, six minutes. <laughs> so, can we do a never have I ever with you, Rox? Oh, 
yeah. I think she'll answer a lot of questions, Ooh, or do we have to be careful? We ask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we have some good ones in there, but okay. So the game is you say, we say, never have I ever done this, and you say, I have, if you have. Yeah, I have never. Okay. So you go first, Rox. Okay. Okay. So never have I ever. I have. <laughs> You're like, I've done it all. Come on. I love it. She's like, yes, clearly I've done them all. Um, you're right. Never have I ever worn the same thing as somebody else on the red carpet. Oh. Not the exact same. Oh, but close. Close. Oh, who was it like? Was somebody like, was it like. Oh. Um, Julia Moore and I were oh. but it was her premiere so I stayed away oh my god that's amazing so she, she was wearing this was it you was it your dress that you designed or was it a different designer something amazing oh my god that's a no-go <laughs> I just stayed I just laid low <laughs> okay never have i ever had a nipple slip on the red carpet um not my own but i've had it on many times i think we should get the nipples out to be honest like my husband walks around with his shirt off all the time i'm like this is so unfair and i have two young girls and like put the shirts on and i'm like your little boys running around without his shirt they're like babies also, I say, get the nipples out I could also say it's been very close. <gasps> Your nipple's been close. <laughs> it's like, is it? <laughs> is it a shadow? Yeah, or is, is it not? <laughs> well, when you have kids, when you have kids, I mean, that can also happen very easily. <laughs> yeah. When you're breastfeeding, I'm like, oh I remember my like my whole husband's family walked in. They were just like out. I was just like, I'm feeding human. I'm making human life right now. So like, I don't care. <laughs> everyone saw them. Postman, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever break. wanted to look. We did that week. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So never have I ever had anyone steal my fashion idea and then do it as their own. Mm -hmm. That's happened. <gasps> yeah. Has it really? Yeah. And what, how did you handle it? I mean, it's a compliment, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's I guess you gotta, anytime you can take something as a compliment, take it as a compliment and mm. move on. You're not going to answer my question, I know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask it anyway, and you can say no. You can say no comment. Okay. Never have I ever had sex in an event, Ooh. a fashion event. A fashion event? Oh, just an event. I was oh. going to say an event because I want to get the good the gossip. So I'll just I'll take out the fashion word. <laughs> just never have I ever had sex in an event. Come on, give us something. And I say. Do you say you have? Can you tell us that what is it is? That is a yes for all our listeners. That is a yes. That is an affirmative. That is an affirmative action. <laughs> that is a yes. That is a yes. Can you tell us what kind of an event it was? A sex event. No, just kidding. <laughs> it was my company Christmas. No, I'm just <gasps> <laughs> yeah, That would be insane. Or would it be wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> right. Party. I love what it. Oh, that's spicy. I like it. I like it. Okay, Ross, right. beat my question. Oh, God, this is going to be hard. Oh, okay. Never have, ha never have I ever loaned clothing to a celebrity and let them wear it, and they returned it, like, completely damaged and messed up, and then you regretted you that you loaned it to them. Okay. I have a very crazy <laughs> Okay, let's hear it. Really want to say who it is, but I can't. Oh, break the soul. What does their name rhyme with? Is it Mandolina Moly? Mandolina. <laughs> <Menifer> Maniston. <laughs> I'll tell you this story and then okay. I'll give you the initials, but I'll never say who it is. 
Um, okay. After a fashion, after, like a second after a runway show happened, the person came, the, the woman came backstage, took like eight things off the racks and was like, I'm going to borrow these. I have all these fashion events. And we were like, no, 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 no. You can't, you could take one and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, gone, Pat, like just gone. <gasps> then we couldn't get the samples back. And that's like, this is when, you know, we needed them to show right. stories editors and you know and when it was more hands-on like that and they were all coming to the showroom for press appointments and shop and and buying appointments anyway we couldn't get it and it ended up we had to go and send people to her house <gasps> like a sting <laughs> that not us i wasn't there but felt sorry for the girls that went that he let them in and they went in her room and there was a huge pile of all kinds of clothes that were from designers just like thrown in a heap and um when we're not recording please tell us that's so unfair (laughs) the funny thing too was right when they came back they said there was face print on the bed like just a complete her complete face like in makeup was like on the white sheets like she had passed out and all the clothes were all over <gasps> was the person very successful were they like an a-lister um at the time i'd say they were a very big star talked about celebrity oh <gasps> thank you so much for hanging with us i oh. i can't believe my dream has i know realized oh. and i've manifested you and next time i come into your your shop i'm gonna be like it's me and you're gonna be like who are you <laughs> yeah, come. no i'll meet you yes <laughs> I would. oh i wish you guys well i guess oh. you won't be able to new york for a while but we Someday we're going to meet in person and we're going to have a really. Yes. And Cynthia, yes. Cynthia, where can we find you? Tell our audience where we can find you all the great places. Um, everything that has the name Cynthia. Yes. You. Yeah. Just Google me. That's yeah. Amazing. She's all over in your podcast too. Ageless, right. On iTunes. Thank you so, so, so much. This oh, is such a honor. You guys are amazing. Oh. <laughs> powerhouses on along with your two powerhouse personalities. It's really an honor. Thank you. You know, it's really oh, just important you. for us to have a platform for women to share their stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, Roxy and I, that's why we began this. We mm-hmm. wanted people to get their voices out in any way that they wanted to so we're just so grateful to have guests like you i feel like i have such a connection to you you're like i don't i'm good for the rest of my day not thinking about you guys um but roxy and i will dream about you for for many many more moons to come (laughs) (laughs) she's like living the life that we're dreaming of (laughs) if my mom rode a motorcycle i'd be like what is life? Like, this is so cool. <laughs> you know. They're annoyed. They think it's annoying. They're like, to, come on, you know. You're amazing. Well, uh, thank you amazing. so much. And you yes. can find us on uh, Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment amazing. on iTunes. And I am Tamin Thurstock. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are... Women on top. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then 
place a $5 wager on any sport, you'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.